Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we are continuing our adventure with The Well. And since we have no other announcements to make this week, let's get to the show. As you were making your way through the tunnels, the, the tunnel where this was coming from was a tunnel to a residential area. Like you, you move in and you see kind of what is an uncommon sight for you, which is an area where rich people used to live. There are much more elaborate carvings here. It doesn't even really approach the carvings on the lower side of Bastion, where, you know, you've had peace for a couple generations at least. So people managed to really get into their details and, and have some fun with that. But like here, you know, clearly there, there was enough comfortable space for people to take the time to put in fine materials and decorate this area. And some of the rune work around here was so fine that it's actually still around a little bit. Like there is, is a flickering light rune that is still kind of illuminating this place. Now what gardens existed are overgrown lichen and mushrooms have like kind of just gone off and even eaten away at portions of buildings or walls but like there is still stuff here that is recognizable and notable to to you in some of these residential homes you see brass tubes that are moving up and into the rock coming out of many of these different houses. This isn't something that, that is common on your level of Bastion, but most notably, especially to Leonardo and Blaze, this area is thick with a powerful and alluring scent. Uh, before, you know, it was it was really pleasant and, and kind of a thing that, that you dreamt of. Now it's almost overwhelming. And it feels like it's everywhere. It is going to be harder to trace this back to its source by scent alone, simply because it has filled this entire cavernous space. What do y'all do? Would you smell that, please? Oh, I think we all smell that at this point. Even, even I can smell it. It's, it's strong. What are these tubes? Wow. Yeah, what's in there? Open them. Hey, open a tube. James? Um, <laughs> oh, it's a simple matter see. of opening a tube. Just open it. Doesn't it have yeah. a... Uh, you, you, <laughs> you go over. I imagine you've got to have like a little crowbar or something. Sure, you, you I hastily add off. to my inventory sheet. Uh, <laughs> <one> crowbar. <laughs> I mean, like, or, or maybe you just pick up a rock and bash at it. This tube is empty but like there is a faint congealed scent in it uh, again like it's hard for you to put your finger on you you've never you don't really have access to smell anything like it on the lower levels where you live i literally put my finger on it and kind of scrape the inside of the tube with my hand and see what residue comes out yeah i guess you're gonna need to roll to identify kind of what what's going on here 
I, I think the only person who I could see getting a plus one, Blaze could probably get a plus one from a professional mm. standpoint. But you could also, as a group, sort of try and pool together your knowledge. Yeah, we can we can all smell it and poke at it and Okay. Cool. We're all crouching in a little it? circle. That sounds wrong. Well, we can taste it. If it seems can't hurt you to taste it a little. I think Leonardo has probably tasted a lot of things <laughs> that he shouldn't taste, which is maybe why he's got mm. ominous health issues. Uh especially right, as, he can taste it. as a goo man. So yeah, he we're all sniffing it, we're we're prodding it. Uh, Leonardo just takes a little bit and just rubs some on one of his gums, pokes it with his tongue, swallows it, <laughs> waits forty five minutes. I rolled a four. <laughs> That's good. All right. Leonardo, what did you get? I got a one. Okay. I rolled a four. All right. So five overall. This is something that, Blaze, I'm going to ask you for a flashback of a time where you got to go to the lower depths where the rich people live. Tell me, why, why were you there? Blaze was there for a masquerade party. She had a date. And the date was actually someone who she didn't realize was wealthy, and they didn't realize that she was very not wealthy. But yes, she did get a little anonymous taste of, so to speak, of the lower levels, and she can recognize this scent and that's why she dreamed about it but she had forgotten because it's been it's been a while and it was such a unique smell yeah being near it now where it's a bit stronger and a bit thicker and a couple things like click into place for you like part of it is there is a hint a, 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 a fragment of this smell that you get when you open the vault in your home that contains the plant but the real sense memory attached to this was your date because this smell, these tubes contained perfume. Your date just happened to have like a little spritz and that is an incredible status symbol. Mostly what people get to smell is like mushrooms and sweaty bodies. Mm. Only in the lower levels where the idle rich get to live as playfully relaxing lives as someone can live in the world of the well. Do people have access to things where they can decorate themselves? And in a world where light is precious and limited, really the best kind of decoration you can do is masking and playing with scent. This is a perfume but even more than that, this is a flower-based perfume. Mm. Where you are, this level is where an ancient and, and noble family had grown and manufactured perfumes based on flowers. And you happen to be standing in their compound. This is so cool. I want to scream, but I'm doing very quietly. Please, should we... Uh, should we perhaps loot, loot, loot the shit out of this place? I feel like there's probably a lot of valuables. Yes, we have to loot the shit out of this place, but also they have flower perfume. Where did they get the flowers? This smells really good, you guys. It smells really good. I know. This is, this is amazing. This is all of our ticket to 
Wealth? I, I, not that Rue is looking for wealth, but if... Oh, I'll be... take it, though. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so? I won't say no. Time to climb yeah, up into these so, pipes uh, and see where they go. And then Leonardo shrinks down to a very tiny... <laughs> Well, you just hop into a pipe and it makes a bump, bump, bump sound. And you emerge in a room full of coins. (laughs) But there is a vicious Goomba. (laughs) A Goomba. And it's a mushroom. A Goomba. Yes, there we go. Mm -hmm. There we go, Rue. I always thought Goombas were toasts. Fun fact. As a a child, I was like, oh, these are toast. (laughs) Pieces of bread. Yeah, pieces of bread. I I didn't think they were mushrooms. I thought they were bread. I was like, yeah, here comes the toast. <laughs> uh, new okay. headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the pipes, you know, go up into the ceiling. They could be pipes from, you know, previous levels, like maybe level four or something. You have no idea how high they could go. The challenge is finding, like, someone described, uh, or, or uh, Mel told you that, like, somebody fell into a barrel of this perfume and came out reeking of it. So you do know that somewhere around here, there are casks full of this stuff, which could be extremely valuable. Mm. Also, this is a place where they processed and made this stuff. You know, Blaze was talking about seeds. If there were plants here at one point, perhaps there still might be seeds left behind. And seeds are pretty hardy and they can lie for a pretty long time uh, and still be viable. So I am going to say searching for this valuable stuff is is going to be a, a track for you here. I've written down a number that you're going to have to chip away at. There could be dangers here, so is anybody doing anything to prepare or, or look around for potential problems? I think I think I will be on sentry duty, watching everyone's backs sentry. while they are using <laughs> while they are using their their superior senses of smell and their expertise to find what we're looking for. I will be I will be guarding them. Then, Rue, let's start with you. What are you doing specifically to keep lookout? How are you looking for dangers? Um, I do think, you know, we've established that you have a torch. Mm -hmm. So I think you get a plus one tool bonus for peering off into the darkness. But what else are you doing? I think whenever they want to check out this particular room or house or something, I will step in first to at least clear the first room. And then once they're exploring it, I'll be basically staying one doorway behind them, making sure nothing comes up behind us and lunges at us and drags me screaming away into the darkness. Okay, is this in any way related to a skill? Uh, no, my, my skill is in first aid. I'm trying to think of a gambit that I could play to improve my chances, but nothing is coming to mind. All right, so we we do have a plus one tool bonus. I'll give you a plus one circumstance bonus kind of for methodology and that you have a way of like going through these rooms and, 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 you know, shaking them down for danger. So that's going to be plus two overall, unless you like, I think a gambit would be in my mind, you actually moving off ahead, like going through a space to fully 
check through a, and clear a room before your friends arrive. Uh, so Which would mean isolated. that if danger reared its head, you would be kind of alone. I'll take that. All right. Roll it up then. Okay. I got a four and a one. So that triggers the gambit and you gave me a plus two for a total of seven. So seven, that is enough to identify like sort of the landscape of danger around here. I'm going to say as you, you know, make your way into this compound, like one of your priorities is to get up to a high space and sort of peer out over the landscape as best you can. And as you do that, you know, you see like danger that fills your stomach with like a sense of queasy unease. As you can see, like, in the ground, kind of around the grounds of this sprawling residential place slash manufacturing factory compound, you see uh, these little burrowed holes, which you know would be nests for bone serpents. They are just pockmarked around the landscape. The other thing that I'm going to rule, like, you got a little bit over, but but not so much over. You don't see any, but where there are bone serpents, there's a sort of weird ecosystem uh, that the undead have here. Bones that once were people, like, sort of congeal and, and form into these bone monsters. They either become spiders or serpents or something more terrible. But the flesh is still around, alive in kind of an undead way. And once it's sloughed off enough and becomes a pile, like you can see uh, mundane undead, like they'll, they'll slough off their flesh into these horrible piles in the corner that usually congeal themselves into tangles, ah. which are just living piles of gooey stuff that envelop and tear the flesh off of their victims. They're, they're bad. Bad goo. Bad Seeing goo. all of these bone serpents nesting around here, bone serpents are dangerous because when they sense prey, they will rattle their tails, attracting other bone serpents and other undead to attack their victims. And then there are these tangles, which are kind of hard to see. They're almost like octopi in that they can disguise themselves, look like the floor or ceiling or even, you know, harmless lichen because they've reshaped their bodies and then they can spring and attack. Everywhere around you, there are going to be dangers that you really need to keep a sharp eye out for if you're going to avoid getting, you know, murked in this area. Are they just in holes on the floor or, James, did you mention that they were kind of all, all around the room? I think most bone serpents like to nest in holes on the ground. I'm going to say tangles can be anywhere, and you've got to be really careful in spotting them. So we just now have the awareness that they could start coming out at any time, basically, if they start to sense us. Yeah, if you are sensed or make a misstep, like especially around a bone serpent, a bone serpent will rattle its tail and then attack, possibly attracting other bone serpents and tangles. A tangle... Like, they won't make a lot of noise if they attack you unless you choose to scream because they're fleshy things. So, like, they'll thud onto you and try and devour you that way. So, Rue is, like, in this room seeing all this stuff. 
we're just kind of yeah. Liz and Leonardo just chilling outside talking about merchandise and small business stuff. Marketing opportunities. <laughs> Point of sale technology. Mm-hmm. So Blaze and Leonardo, do we not know? Not until we're I'm, I'm gonna return and and tell them as soon as I have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And I think like you rolled well enough that like it's not like you're cut off like you okay. you know, methodically make your way back. There's just a little bit of idle time where Blaze and Leonardo are waiting to find out what the landscape of danger is where you get to dream about all of the cool stuff you're going to do. Yes. Not to be a troublemaker, but are Leonardo and Blaze really that patient? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think that in the meantime, Blaze has started, and I don't know if this is possible, so here's my idea. Um because her skill is in runes, and you mentioned that there still is mm-hmm. some rune like remnants left over, like you know the flickering light and stuff like that. If they, in theory, did grow something here, they were probably using rune light in order to grow it. So, is there any way that she can sort of sense or track like where a source of rune magic would be coming from? to like get closer to the source of maybe the plants or something like that. Eleni, I love this idea. It strikes me as so cool. I kind of like the idea that at least with runes that produce light and heat, there is a way to network off of like the main rune. You can draw a heat rune somewhere and like it'll have the heat of a fire or whatever, but you can also like draw a pathway off of that rune and like a smaller partial version of it and that will spread out and disperse the heat uh, in a network. So basically what you can do, what Blaze could do is see these like flickering runes and whatnot and use her paint to fill in those gaps and sort of reestablish the network and it would be like lighting up different sections of this neighborhood. Very cool. So, yeah, yeah if, if you want to do that, I think you have a skill bonus from that for sure. And you'd have a tool bonus because you have the proper paint. Yeah. Are there any other bonuses or gambits that you would like to, to add on to that? Let's see. So I have the skill, I have the rune paint, and I have the other rune paint. I'm a bit of a rune painter myself, too. So I, I could maybe assist Blaze if, if there's like a... Uh supporting sure uh rune painter role there there absolutely is so you would roll a d6 and add half of of that roll or if it's a higher roll supplant one of lenny's dice eleni i will offer you as a gambit you could potentially be using up your supply of rune paint so have no more rune paint left but i'm gonna say for that because that is like a more permanent thing two dice two bonus dice to this Okay, so that's a total of four that I add. I think you'd be rolling three dice with a plus two. Oh, three dice. With, oh, I see. Properly. Okay, I gotcha. And I got a, I got a three mm-hmm. as a supporter, which would be rounded up to two. All right, my total was a 12. All right, 12 plus two from Mike brings it to 14. I will give you a choice. You can either get pretty dim light everywhere or you can get 
really bright light in one particular place. What would you like? Oh, so if I do dim light in everywhere, basically I'm following the dim lights around. If you do dim light everywhere, it'll be like a huge network of light like comes up around this whole like little residential neighborhood and you'll be able to see it all much more clearly. Or I will provide really good illumination for just one building. Um, and there are kind of what you don't know is I've decided two things will potentially happen based on, on this choice and. Uh, you'll either be getting one or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Let's do the. Uh, oh boy. Let's do the bright light. I know. I was like. I was like. I think I'm gonna do the dim light. But then I was like, well, wait. The bright light in the whole building. Imagine. Imagine this being like a little neighborhood, and you will like. You're looking at this rune and going, man, this rune is working, but a little damaged, and I can repair this here, and I can either put my paint in this one area which will reestablish the network connection and that will light up the whole little neighborhood or i can decide to apply the runic paint here and it will really light up this building that i happen to be near oh no okay i i do want to reestablish the network connection so i guess i will do the dim light so that it will hopefully be able to guide right. me like around where the runes are. I think this cool like magenta neon starts to zip and course around this whole place and you can see the world a lot more clearly now and you can see just how big this compound is. And I think because of that, Leonardo is like, you know, kind of helping along, like making little suggestions like, ooh, we could do this here and whatnot and like rebuilding this network. But Blaze is is doing most of the work here. Oh, uh, did you roll any ones in your roll? No. No? Four, okay, four, good. and two. Perfect. So yeah, Leonardo, there's a point where you step back from that and you see the rune paint like lighting up the area and... In a far-off building, you see the silhouette that uh, a silhouette that looks like a person step back from a window. Um, so that's that's the cool bit of information that you got. But like, the area is, is lit up, and you've got that. And Rue, by this point, is is definitely back with Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I have a new book out on shelves right now. It is the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, a book full of prompts, activities, and mini-games to help you build more complex and rewarding worlds for your role-playing games. If you're currently jamming a campaign, building a world for your next one, or even if you're writing a novel that needs a world, this book will have something in it to help make that process easier and more fun. You can find it anywhere books are sold, at major brick-and-mortar retailers, and of course at your favorite indie brick-and-mortar bookstores. Just head to bit.ly slash ultimateworldbuilding where you can find a list of some of the most popular retailers carrying the book. And if you've already picked yourself up a copy, I urge you to go out and give it a review, either on Amazon or Goodreads. 
Heroes, I am no fan of Amazon and the way they conduct business, but it's still very important for authors to be reviewed well there. It's something that my publisher considers very seriously when they decide if they want to get more books from me. I'm hoping to get 50 reviews on there within the first month of publishing this book. So if you have a copy and you enjoyed it, please head over to Amazon and search for James D'Amato to pull up the world building guide and leave your review. It's absolutely the perfect way to wish happy birthday to me, which you probably should be doing if you're listening to this on the day it comes out because it is my birthday. Heroes, I just wanted to let you know that we rescheduled the event celebrating the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building a Guide for Barbara's Bookstore. That event is now going to be held on June 23rd at 6pm Central Time. And I'll still be joined by fantasy author Alexandra Rowland, and we'll be making a world together. It'll be so much fun and you won't want to miss it. Just follow the link in our show notes to sign up to register for the event. And everyone who registers for the event will get 10% off their purchase of the book. It's a win-win-win all the way around. Finally, before we get back to the show, I wanted to take a quick moment and thank our backers on Patreon. Without your support, this show would not be possible. I am still working on getting the new batch of backers' names ready. They will be ready soon, I swear. Thank you so much for your patience in the meantime. Uh, be sure, if you are a backer at the $5 level or more, to head over to Patreon and collect some of the cool bonus content rewards. As far as I know, Patreon does not do a very good job of letting you know when new rewards are up, and you won't want to miss out on stuff like the Courier's Call Jolly Jack crossover series that just wrapped up recently. Some really fun storytelling in there, and I know you'll want to listen. So once again, head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast to sign up and become a supporter. Not only do you help us make the show, but you get cool rewards in the process. Thanks, heroes. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. sure if what I saw was a revenant or a fellow grave digger or a oh, this was certainly not Greedy's third option. Oh no, this man knows Google. He sees it. Right. <laughs> right. I would have known if it was Google. James would have told me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I heft my my hammer. Well, whatever it is, I'm waiting for it. I think I think someone knows that we're here. Uh, and let James, how far away was this building? This building, I will say, like two blocks away. Okay. Well, if it's safe to go in and ransack this building, I could perhaps leave a a, a rune trap by the front door, uh, so that if we are visited. Ooh. By whoever saw us, they'll be in for a little sticky surprise. It's mm. a great idea. It might keep us from from leaving uh, if we need to in a hurry, um, but but we'll know it's there. Yeah, so we can always take an alternate exit, jump out a window. If we're all cool with going inside, I would like to just paint a rune. I have a I have a resin rune, which I I picked because it was the most goo like of the runes, and <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like sticky it. and. I'd like to leave like a little trap on the inside of this door. Uh, so once we go inside, I'll be able to put the rune down without an outside person seeing what's happening. And then we'll be free to go and loot the house. Fingers crossed that we don't set off any of the snakes. And then maybe come back to the front door and see if 
our little trap cotting thing. I like that. Yeah. You, you know, take take a couple minutes to to uh, carve out that rune, paint it up, and you wait for everybody to cross the threshold. You do that last dab of paint and it activates. There's like a little gooey hum, almost if jiggling jello made a sound. That's what it makes when the rune is like fully activated. Um, <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Exactly. Lo- love that. ASMR, baby. <laughs> and you are in this house. I, I have counted some of Eleni's role to to light things up towards your, your search for valuable things here. What are you all doing? Are you just going to take your time and, and thoroughly move through this place? Or are you going to do more hasty things to search for what you're looking for? I would say in between is probably good. A happy medium leaning towards taking our time, but doing it with minor, a minor sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Right, because the longer we take, the more likely okay. something is going to come get us. And if something gets caught in the yeah. trap, then I don't want them to have a chance to break free. And then we just see like two shoes or something waiting for us. All right. So then I'm going to ask your group to roll for, you know, searching through this place. This is a team roll. We're going to use the best roll here and the the best bonuses from everyone. So if anybody thinks they have a skill bonus, shout it out. If anybody's using a tool to accomplish this, shout it out. I have lock picks. That can be useful. I was a a thief in a much younger life. Maybe that helps me case houses. All right. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say that you get a a plus one skill bonus from from that and a plus one tool bonus, uh, at least for the lock picks. I also have an exploring skill and a uh, a mirror, which I will be using to look around corners in a crafty way. All right, I'm going to say overall a plus four because I think I, even though skill bonuses don't normally stack, because this is a combined role, I think two different skills that are applicable make sense to me. And I like the mirror thing. What I will say is, what was what was the first tool that was being used, Eleni? Lockpick. Lockpicks, yeah. The lockpicks will be expended in this. Like I think all the locks that you're going to face are kind of old and rusty you're going to break off part of the set in in the locks but those will be expended so you can cross that off but overall your group has a plus four and now you just do your rolls and whoever has the highest roll will go with that well i rolled a six and then a six and then a four. Oh, oh, oh! so all right i got a 17 okay that's the highest one <laughs> yeah Oh, uh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Y'all like made the game. I, I, I had, <laughs> I had, yeah, I had written down a number here that I'm like, this is the number if we're going to find seeds at all. Uh, so you go through this place and like you're picking locks, moving through this area. This used to be like a mansion. You know, somebody lived here, and when they did, they lived a really happy life full of luxury. You, you know, move by these crumbling frescoes that, that are on the walls. Like, I think all of the art that exists in this world is really eerie because it's derived from these glowing paints, either taken from bioluminescent creatures or just like 
iridescent minerals and whatnot. They are almost like these black light posters <laughs> on, on the wall that are these weird, austere family portraits of nobility. And you move through this area of the home to find the equivalent of a greenhouse. And it's just so finely crafted and preserved. Pretty much all of the plants here, yeah, actually all of the plants here, are dead. But the light runes that are in here are flickering. And you can see that over the course of a long period of time, like the plants that did try and survive for a while were growing up to like overwhelm the light runes and have since fallen away. But you are in this place where people did their gardening and you can see there are these like little wax sealed jars that are just full of seeds. Hey, um, Blaze, are these these seeds? Yes. Oh, my God. These are seeds. Those are seeds. seeds. These are seeds. Oh, my gosh. We, we found one, or a whole bunch. We found a lot of seeds. Oh God, this, is, this is amazing. Well, who even knows what these are? This is so amazing. Into the bag, into the bag they into go. The bag, into, into the bag, into the bag. We have to into the bag, yes. Now you know what this means? Wow. We can have our own greenhouse, build, grow a bunch of plants, then use them for, for different goo and different uh, different candles and use the money and, and, and just maybe just plants who knows what they'll be yeah maybe just plants maybe just beautiful plants this is amazing in this a, is amazing. leonardo's bag by the way he also has one of those family portraits <laughs> uh, like the black light <laughs> kind of like really classy spencer's <laughs> gift poster in there just because you know that's mm-hmm. probably worth something too yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a it was a poster of like the family cat at the time. Like, uh, so it's this <laughs> very it regal sort of black light, big fluffy ch- barrel chested main coon of a cat. Blaze starts dancing around, like kind of skipping in circles, but as quietly as she can. And she's just she's holding two jars of seeds in her hands, and she's just about to start like shaking them when she stops and just like <laughs> tucks them away. Yeah. Oh. I- I love to like disappear into Blaze's mind for a second <laughs> as just like her imagination is overwhelmed by the thought of the color green. Uh, where the, the green oh. on her clothes is like this dull green. It, it, it's barely anything, but it's all, almost one of the most vibrant things that she's ever seen, except, except for that little precious plant hidden away in her vault. It's the greenest thing she's ever seen. And now... Now she has a chance to see so much more. So like, yeah, you're almost moved to this reverie of like shaking these seeds, but catch yourself just in time. Yep, just in time. Um, and I think that is a perfect note for y'all to hear a jiggling splort of uh, the resin trap going oh off. And that sport is followed by a very muffled, but still present, rattle is there an exit in the greenhouse uh or is it like totally sealed off i i think there's got to be an exit in the greenhouse you can definitely exit another way if you like um what do you say we just leave out of this greenhouse uh yeah 
I think that if we heard the rattle coming from the trap, it's going to attract some other rattles towards the trap, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know if I told you this earlier, but I yes. did take a small mushroom, and uh, I am reaching the peak <laughs> of a trip right now. I'm very high. I'm incredibly high. Oh, that kind of mushroom. Yeah, so that that kind of mushroom, yeah. Do I need to tie you to my to me or No, I just need a small glass of water. I'll just let's hold hands. Let's hold hands. Everybody hold hands. Alright, let's walk out and maybe we can just walk through the front door and see what got stuck on our way around the house. If we heard the rattle, I think I think Yeah, we know. I'm I'm just, the rattle might be responding to the sound of the sploosh. Uh, I think it's still better to just Oh, keep it might. I'm so curious about what... No, Leonardo has a, has a point, and if it's, if it's one of the, the simple dead or revenants, I need to put it out of its misery. That's, That's right. Whole thing. That's true. That's right. That's my whole thing. <laughs> That's your whole thing. I'm a man. You like candles, and Rue's gotta kill the revenants. These are our... Are peak character traits. But, I mean, where's the lie? I got my <laughs> Let's go kill a revenant. Everyone, everyone holds hands. Yes. You know, you you your packs and whatnot are, are are full up of these precious jars full of seeds that all had labels on them at one point, but they have either uh, rusted or rotted away. It's just mystery seeds right now. Spoiler: They're all potatoes. <laughs> uh I mean the potatoes I'm I'm going to say at least one of those jars got some got some of the good kush in it. And, uh let's yeah, let's reintroduce it, that. Hopefully it's uh, truly a mix and not just all potatoes well, but One's a really mix. ironically named sunflower. Oh, a sunflower <laughs> would be so beautiful in this setting. True. So sad. We'll we, you know we'll we'll let people pick which seeds that they want at the end. I think should should you all survive, everybody who lives gets to tell me what uh, one of the seed jars is. But I think leading, as always, is Rue. Rue yeah. is now kind of on a mission, and I think, yeah, I, I we'll start with Rue's vision. Rue, you you know pull this this train of friends along. You you look around the corner towards the front door you can first of all see like yes there are the shadows thanks to the faint illumination of of the restored network of light runes you can see the shadows of bone serpents moving lazily across the ground towards what they think might be prey but you can see into the doorway and you see a revenant a revenant in a beautiful gown a revenant that even still has hair that has like been pulled up into this stately and refined bun. It is almost like the vision of a ghost. Whatever clothing this person had must have at one point been magnificent. And over hundreds of years, it has faded and degraded. It's still one of the most vibrant things you've ever seen. In its time, it must have been a beautiful kaleidoscopic rainbow of color, but even the muted colors here are spectacular. But you can see the revenant like pushing and pulling against the resin that it's currently caught in. Moving down the line, in the middle, we have Blaze. Blaze, you know, you, you are holding onto both of your friends' hands, but also like trying to heft this bag 
and also i think fighting the urge to just lose yourself in imagining what your life is going to be once you get back home mm-hmm. you know i know what my spouse mel when they buy new seeds from a garden shop like just cannot wait to get mm-hmm. those bad boys in the ground so i have to imagine like it is a similar bit of nervous excitement but i'm most excited to get the end of this train because He's in the middle of a trip right now, really cresting over that point, drinking from a water skin right now. We've got Leonardo and Leonardo, you are sort of because you're on this trip a little bit, you're not as with it and you're really relying on your friends to like pull you forward and whatnot. You lean back against the wall that everybody is like peering around ahead of you and the wall behind you is soft because hanging from it is a tangle that has moved its skin to appear gray and stone-like instead of the sickly pale that the flesh normally is and you can feel it start to envelop you and here's the thing leonardo most people would scream but you have established a character trait for yourself where occasionally you move into like a catatonic state, almost kind of falling asleep on your feet. I kind of think this is a different fear trauma response that you've developed in a way uh, uh, that must be related to whatever kind of thing we saw you dealing with earlier. It is both good and bad because it means you're not going to scream and pull all of the bone serpents over to you. It also means that for a second you're going to fall asleep and your friends aren't going to know that something's wrong with you. But you also had more going on with this. So I would love for you to describe what's happening right now as this tangle is trying to attack you. So what I was thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with the fear trauma response. I also know that Leonardo has tasted a lot of things that he shouldn't have tasted. And I think Mm. moments when he's afraid and moments when he's like extremely stressed, that is when the fungal parasite that lives inside his brain is, is at its closest to the surface. And in these moments, this parasite kind of takes over and it is quite alien and doesn't really have human reactions to these things, which in in some way is kind of just totally debilitating because the parasite is still in the very early stage of like figuring out what's going on. So I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, column B being that there's a creature living inside of Leonardo Cheese who has also acquired a taste for goo. I love it. We're going to go back to that like internal biological camera and we can see Leonardo's brain and just like how structures of the brain, like they're the normal wrinkles and ruffles of the brain, but like some of them fragment off in like these weird jutting angles. That is where this sentient fungal parasite has like grown into integrating itself into the structures of the brain and as adrenaline floods leonardo's system like it pops alive and the thing that i'm going to say is it bioluminesces and 
because of that, there is a faint glow in Leonardo's eyes. And I'm going to say you actually can see better because your eyes are literally like emanating light and you can see the world better. But uh, you're having trouble thinking. I think weirdly, uh, I'm going to say because you're tripping right now, the parasite is also tripping, which is maybe like pulling you further into sync with each other than you ever have been. Yeah, this is our Naruto moment when we work with the beast that's trapped inside us uh, and then turn into a kaiju and uh, are able to uh, defeat external threats. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. I'm pretty sure that's built into the setting somewhere. <laughs> I didn't get to the uh, the index. Maybe that's explained there, but... <laughs> yeah look for naruto kaijus um and see see what might pop up there that's the situation we've got rue on the one end seeing this revenant that that's caught in the goo trap and all of the the bone serpents headed in that direction we've got blaze in the middle trying to hold things together and we've got leonardo in the end really dealing with uh, a rapidly evolving crisis on yeah, kind of a lot of different yeah. levels <laughs> this episode of one shot uses music from the following artists rise by louis lyon choose your own adventure by Brightseed. rainbows and candy by dreamlamp coat of arms and a dark past both by wicked cinema laqueous equation by cody martin and Russian Waltz by Federico Ferrandina. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more from The Well. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other amazing gaming shows here on the OneShot Network. Like System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hotwing. You can find their shows at systemmasterypodcast.com or through a link on the OneShot website. Finally. As always, we end OneShot with a call to action. And this week, I urge you to go out and contact your representatives about an issue that you care about. I personally recommend contacting them about voting rights or with support for Palestine. And when I call my representatives, I usually use fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries of different issues important around the country, along with contact information for your representatives and even scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across clearly. As a warning, they do not have an issue summary or a script for supporting Palestine, so there you're going to have to go it alone. Still, your voice is critical on all of these issues. And taking a small amount of time to call is a great step in making the world a better place. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. 
For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.